Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. invite you to remain standing in body or in spirit for the reading of God's holy word. Uh, we're going to begin a new series, uh, and one of the things we're going to be doing is we're going to be walking through the Beatitudes, which is part of the Sermon on the Mount found in Matthews 5, 3 through 10. So we're going to do, be doing one a week, so we're not going to be moving very efficiently, um, but there's so much goodness and so much truth um, and, and so much stuff we have to unpack that I think we'll kind of get it. But one of the things we're going to do is we're going to soak in Scripture. And so each week we'll read all of the Beatitudes, all eight of them together, um, and then we'll just take one at a time. So um, let's give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. And so God, we do pray that your word and your truth and your spirit would be upon us, that we would hear and know and do your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have a, a yes problem. I, I like to say yes. I will say yes to all sorts of things. Uh, the staff will tell you that, um, I tell them that if somebody asks and they want to use the church, I say, you know I like to say yes. I, I like for us to, to do things, to be a church where we host things like Upward Basketball, where we have different groups that meet in our church. All these things are important to us. Um, but that kind of means that sometimes there's a whole lot going on. And I was thinking about why do I like to say yes? And it's, it's sometimes because of the way the question gets asked is people will say, well, Aaron, could you do blank? Well, yeah, I could do whatever that is. I'm capable or we as a church are capable. I imagine that there are some of you that are kind of people like that who are just filled with coulds. And you think, yeah, I could on a good day do that, right? Can I hit a golf ball over 300 yards? Yeah, I could do that, right? If it was downhill and the wind was at my back and I didn't hit it with a terrible slice, right? On the right day, I could do that. But we really are kind of filled with all sorts of coulds. In the beginning of the year, we have lots of coulds. There's all sorts of resolutions that you could do. Um, and there's all sorts of options for us that we could do again and again, right? And, and we live in the time in which if something is wrong with your car, you could go online and you could watch 2,800 YouTube videos about how to fix your 2012 car, right? There's all these options uh, of what we could do. You go to the, the supermarket, if you go to the supermarket anymore, and you go there and you, and you could pick, 
25 different flavors of Frosted Flakes if you wanted to, right? We can be overwhelmed with all the options that we have in front of us of all the different choices there. And right at the beginning of the year, we think about these resolutions and think about diets and other stuff. And there's so many options that you could choose. And so we become people who, who like to say yes to things. Maybe we don't like disappointing people. And so we say, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves overwhelmed. That, that in a season of life, that all of a sudden, here we are. And because of all the things that we could do, we are overwhelmed. But that's not the only reason why we're overwhelmed, of all the coulds and all the commitments that we've made. Um, and I actually thought of a, a quote from the original Jurassic Park. Um, where, where he said this, your, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could create dinosaurs that they didn't stop to think if they should. And there are often times in life when, when we, we make decisions because we could, but we don't really think about shoulds, but we also have a, a should problem, right? That we think, oh, I should have done this, I, I should have done that. Um, that there's so many complexities and we keep thinking about what we should have done or what we should be doing, or what we should do in the future, right? And so some of us can be overwhelmed because the coulds plus the shoulds equal that we are overwhelmed. And so there are some of you who, while your day-to-day -day may not be busy, your mind and heart are overwhelmed with all the shoulds in the past. And you can look back at 2022 or 1982 full of regrets, full of being overwhelmed, full of shoulds. And this is only compounded because we live in a place that is full of coulds and shoulds. In the United States of America, we have trained ourselves and we are continually being trained that you can do anything that you put your mind to. I first learned that lesson from Back to the Future and I'll never forget it. Now, it's incredibly wrong for all sorts of reasons. But this is what we believe, is that you can do anything, you could do anything, you should do anything, if you just work hard enough, if you just do it right. And if you fall down, then you pick yourself up and you pull yourselves up by your bootstraps. And there's some times when that's good advice, and there's other times in which, no, it is not helpful. Because you and I, we are feeling overwhelmed and overloaded and overburdened and overspent and overcome. And so many of us, we live our lives already full, and then something happens, and our lives get more. Um, you know, what does it feel like to be overwhelmed? It makes me think of the comedian Jim Gaffigan, who when they had their fifth ch child, um, people would ask him, what is it like to have five children? And he said, imagine you're drowning, and someone hands you a baby. <laughs> Somebody is like, yes, absolutely. Um, and this is exactly, now, now it, may not, it may or may not be a baby, right? But imagine you're drowning and somebody hands you a diagnosis. Imagine you're drowning and somebody tells you news you weren't ready for. Imagine you're drowning and you just said yes to another thing you don't really want to do. And we find ourselves overwhelmed and overcommitted, full of coulds and shoulds. And we think that this is the way life is supposed to be because we look around and we see other people that are going and busy and overwhelmed and they make it look so easy. It's not, but they make it look so easy, we think. And we think this is how we're supposed to be. And so many of us, we have made these declaration of independence that I don't need anybody and I can do it myself. It starts when we're like two years old, right? Mine, I can do it myself. And it just continues all the way is that we think that life is on our shoulders and that we are supposed to do it. 
And here I want to tell you, you are free to live your life the way, God, the way you want to live it. You are free to try to overwhelm and overload, to be full of coulds and shoulds, and that will go exactly the way that you imagine it will go eventually. It will crash and burn because you were not made to be overwhelmed. You were not made to make the declaration of independence, it's all up to me. Some of you, you try to be the hero in every story. You try to, sometimes you feel responsible for, for the happiness of everybody in your immediate family. Sometimes you try to be the one who makes everything happen all the time and you think it's all up to you. And that's you saying a declaration of independence. But that's not the gospel. That's not the Beatitudes and that's not the good news. Because the good news is not you can do it. The good news is that Jesus is here. And so it is in this time that we can choose whether I make a declaration of independence or whether I make a declaration of dependence. Whether I say I can do it or whether I say, God, I need you. And so we all have a choice. What are we going to do? Is it up to me or is it up to thee? And how do we actually go about it? That's part of what this Beatitudes and this principle is all about. Now, um, in the recovery world, um, they've actually found that the 12 steps actually align with the eight Beatitudes fairly well. And so in the first Beatitude, the way that they rewrote it is this, is that you are to realize that you are not God and that your life has become unmanageable. That we are all called to realize that we are not God and that your life has become unmanageable. And this is really a hard thing uh, for, for some of us to admit, um, but others of us are like, sign me up. This is it. I'm overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed when I walked in. You're lucky I'm here today. I don't know what to do. I cannot keep going. My life is not sustainable. And then there are other people in here who are like, bless their hearts. That's a hard way to live. And it's to whichever one we are that Jesus still meets us. There's a story in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. So which one are you? Are you, yep, that's me? I need some help? Or are you blessed their hearts? Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, O God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You see, really, there are two kinds of people in this world, those who are humbled and those who will be. It's going to happen to all of us. We all find the moment in which we are humbled, in which we cannot find ourselves in the way to move forward. And here Jesus is really making this 
first beatitude alive. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He's telling the story of the one who thinks he is rich in spirit, who thinks he has his life all together, the Pharisee, who says, boy, thank you, I'm not like them. I do all the right church things, and they don't. I've got my life together. I'm righteous, and they aren't. And then he talks about the one who is poor in spirit, the sinner who beats his chest and says, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And so I think that there are times in which I've realized that either I have to choose to humble myself, and this is a, a really a regular choice in life, or I have experienced, and you have probably experienced the same thing, of being humbled by the world and by life and in other ways. And so we have to adopt, some of us, uh, so again, it, it comes down to whether or not we adopt a posture of humility or we are already there. And the good news is, for either one of us, God meets us there. I mean, that's really what I think it means when it says, you're blessed when. Because it means that, that when we are there, God enters in and Jesus enters in and says, I can do something with this. I mean, I love the way that it said in the message translation, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. No amens to that? Okay. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. This isn't what we think about. You know, we, we, we want to, we, we'd rather um, not be poor in spirit. We don't want that to define us. Right? In Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount, he has the Beatitudes. It just says, blessed are the poor. That doesn't sound like good news either, right? I remember a quote somebody said, you know, um, I've been poor and I've been rich, and I'll tell you what, rich is better than poor. Um, but, you know, one of the things I think about is, uh, I've, it's, it's interesting when I talk to couples who have been married for a while, and, and, you know, when they began their marriage life, they made no money, and they were like, it's actually easier that way. Right? There's this gift of being at the end of your rope. There's this gift of not having a lot to hold on to in your hands. Because then you can receive whatever God has for you. And so, so many people I talk to and so many people I know are overwhelmed. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Overwhelmed by the responsibilities you've been given? Overwhelmed by the choices you've made? Overwhelmed by your mind that is full of the coulds and the shouldafs? I mean, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm really excited about um, doing my, my men's class uh, in, in the evenings on, on Wednesday. And I'd love for, for men, if you wouldn't mind showing up and just trying, because I don't think we're really good at processing our shoulds. In fact, I would really give like men as a whole that I've just seen over the past 12 years being a pastor, I'd give us like a D of our shoulds. Because we fight this inward battle. Women, I don't know what you think. I mean, I've tried to figure women out, but it hasn't worked out for me so far. So I'm just assuming you all um, have some of this stuff too. But I know for men, we carry all this stuff and we don't tell everybody. We don't tell anybody. Because we have this wrong idea about what it means to be strong. And what it means to be a man of God. And what it means to try to carry all these burdens. And that we should be able to do all sorts of things. And we have this independence instead of this dependence. And so, men, if that's you, um, and I know I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because Lord knows you want it anyways, but um, 
But just, just consider, is this the life that God has called you to be? And women, I'm sure it's the same actually for you. That, that there are so many expectations, so many things we, we look at and we think, gosh, I should do this and should be this. And God doesn't want us to live that way. God did not design you to be overwhelmed. He designed us to be overwhelmed with his love and his gift and his goodness and his presence. And that's what this beatitude means. Is that when you are at the end of your rope, when you have nothing left, then you're finally desperate enough to say, God, I guess I will invite you in. And so what we are called to do is, whether we're at the end of our rope and we know it, or whether we fooled ourselves to think that we're not at the end of our rope because we don't look down to see where we are, we need God and we need to make a declaration of dependence. Now, one of the practices that that means for us as people of faith is this idea of surrender. Now, I want to be clear that surrender is not giving up. It's not saying, I can't, I'm done, whoop, I'm over, I'm a loser, it's done. Surrender is about giving over. It's about saying to God, God, I can't, but I know that you can. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of dependence. It's a sign of hope. It's a sign of trust. And so oftentimes when we think about just give it to God, just surrender, we have this wrong idea. When what if we could just say, God, I can't do this. I cannot do this. So it's not about dropping it. It's about handing it over to God. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. One thing I read said these words, blessed are the spiritual zeros, the spiritually bankrupt, deprived and deficient, the spiritual beggars, those without a wisp of religion. See, because when I'm not holding on to anything, God can hold on to me. And so this is the good news. This is what we celebrated at Christmas just a few weeks ago, that Jesus came from heaven to earth and meets us right here in the mud and in the misery, in the humility, and loves us there. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So what I want to invite us to do today is to have a time of of prayer. We're going to open up the altar. We'll have people that will pray with you if you desire to to be prayed for. Um, And part of the reason why we open up this altar is because it gives us a chance, our bodies, to, to have a posture that our mind and our heart needs to have. And so I know not all of you can kneel anymore. But actually, the kneeling before, before God is actually kind of an old practice and just a short history lesson. Some of you like history. Others of you just stay with me. I promise you it is short. Um, but in, in old times, whenever there would be a king and a soldier would come up before the king and he would kneel down before the king, he'd get on his knees and then he would bow his neck. Now, the way that their armor was at the time, there was nothing that would cover the back of their neck. It would be exposed. And what they were saying is to the king, your life is in my hands. Do with it what you will. And this is what we do when we surrender to God. And maybe that's what some of us need to do today. I don't have a sword up here, so you're completely safe. 
nor am I God, so you are way safe. But you need to come before God and say, Lord, here I am. My hands, my heart, my life, my year. And I don't know your story, but I know that you have one. And somewhere in there is a chapter of 2023 that hasn't been written yet. What will it look like? And will it be said that this year I surrendered to God? Let us pray. And so, God, we do pray. Lord, I pray that for us who are overwhelmed, God, who we sometimes think the weight of the world is on our shoulders. We don't know how we're going to make it through today. We've tried all the productivity tips that the internet has to offer. There's too many tasks to be done today. There's too many bills for all the money we have. It's too much, Lord. And some of us have tried again and again. We've tried to fix it. We've, we've made a declaration of independence that I can do it. That if I just try harder, if I just do more, if I just, if I just go, 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 that eventually it'll turn itself around. But eventually that means that I burn myself to the ground. So God, would you just meet our hearts here as you are so prone to do? May we be poor in spirit. May you have mercy on us, sinners, people in need of grace, people who try to be the hero in every situation, people who try to think that they could and should do everything. Would you just meet us here and help us experience the good life of your presence, of your love, that is the kingdom of heaven, your presence and your love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.